Here we are now and today we're talking about DMT. <laughs> DMT! DMT, baby! <laughs> Oh, I've got a I've got a story to share. This is a this is a DMT story. It's a it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit uh like a lesson as to don't do this at home. <laughs> don't do this at home. You'll understand why I'm laughing once I tell you this story. And I guess DMT, the god particle, I mean what can I say? It's largely considered by many people as the most powerful psychedelic in the world, the most out of this world experience that you can have in this world, <laughs> in a way of speaking. So let me tell you this story. Let me share with you what happened when I did DMT. I don't know why, but every time I hear that the word DMT, I just feel like saying it like that. It's the same when I'm driving and I see a number plate because we we often in my city have DMT as a number plate. I don't know if these are psychedelic people who have had custom number plates or if it's just a chance, but every time I see it, I just for some reason have to call out DMT. But anyway, let's get to the story. So what happened it's it's a little bit awkward but so so this was the second time i did dmt the first time things went pretty smoothly and they were all like as planned in terms of how the environment was set up but the second time it it didn't work out how i want because let me set the stage for you at the time, I was living in a share house and I was just renting a room from this lady. And what I thought had happened is I'd set it up so that I could do this DMT trip without her home. So it would be at a time when she wouldn't be there and I'd set it up so that if she had come home, it, it wouldn't matter because it would be late and she would be going to bed or something like this. Now... What actually happened was I I was in the middle of a DMT trip and she did come home. And not only that, but she came home with her daughter who normally doesn't live with her. And <laughs> she's quite young, right? She's only, I don't know, she was only like nine or 10, 10 years old or 11 years old or something. So so it was like there's there's a child in the house now. And I'm tripping on DMT. And it was rather awkward. It was rather a very strange sort of thing to have happen. Because let, let, let me just like describe it for you. Because the actual trip is where it all starts to sort of get this sense of how things can go wrong. And how awkward it was to have someone come home. And why you should always be doing your DMT trips when you're absolutely sure that no one's going to be around or to walk in on you so my delivery method was actually snorting the dmt so i didn't smoke it i snorted it and 
the first time I had done this on my first trip, it had actually worked out quite well because when you snort it, because it's a delivery, different delivery system, you have a different trajectory in the trip. It actually lasts 50 minutes to an hour when you snort it rather than the standard 15 minutes as to when you smoke it. And of course, within that, there's different things that are going on, right? You have these different sensations in your nasal and your eyes and your brain, right? This The second time I did it on this particular trip when my housemate came home, the the snorting process really didn't carry the same punch in the sense that it actually was almost like an overdose. It was almost like things were going wrong. Now, here's the thing I need to say before we go any further and before I actually describe what was happening in this DMT trip. The first thing to understand about DMT is there is no translation into words as to what happens. There's no explanation for it. There's no connection between the DMT world and the world of words, the world of talking. Now, of course, within the world of talking and explanations and stories, we try, right? We do try to bridge that. We attempt to bridge that with trip reports and the things that we're talking about here now, for example. But ultimately, there is no connection. It is a world unto itself that exists without words, without stories. And there's no way to illustrate it. There's no way to bridge it. It's a different world. Now, when you do DMT, there is a number of things that you can kiss goodbye, right? I snorted this DMT and I knew I had about six and a half minutes before this whole list of things was gone out the window. Those things include your sense of direction, your sense of looking out your eyes, which means that basically you're looking forwards and you're looking backwards at the same time. Another thing you lose is your sense of up and down. There's no longer down and there's no longer up. That means that when you say, okay, point up, you might point like this, or you might point like this, or you might point like this, right? That's exactly the sort of thing that will happen when you're on DMT. You can also kiss goodbye basically everything that is you, your ideas, your story, your thoughts, your name, your life, your feelings, your wants, your desires, your plans, your memories, right? All of you, you can kiss goodbye. Another thing you can kiss goodbye is the room that you're in. The furniture, the walls, the whole place, right? All of that is gone. You're in a whole nother world. It's bang, out of this world. And really this list goes on. There's a whole number of things that are completely absent to the DMT trip. Now, (laughs) that being said, there is also a whole lot more of what is happening. There's a whole 
world that is happening when you're on the DMT trip. And in this particular trip, I felt that I was actually having too much. I felt that I had taken a dosage that was too large. And what happened to me was basically I came up through the like 10,000 levels that you get catapulted through as you come up in the space of just a couple of minutes. And I found myself in this world where my body was shaking and each breath would be like a series of tsunamis that went in and over and through my body as it came in. And then as, then as it came out, it would be like a series of tsunamis. It was like, like waves coming in on the beach like multiple times for each breath. That's just the breathing. Then at the same time, there was my body, which was shaking, which I'll explain <laughs> why that's important in just a moment because that's really one of the awkward things about this instance of having my housemate come home. Now, at the same time as all this is going on, there is multiple forms of electricity which are each having their own shape and their own color. And they're all interacting beginning and ending in different ways all over the place, right? This is the DMT visuals in so many ways. It's just like what on earth is going on? And of course... A lot of this electricity, a lot of this lightning, it's moving through me. It's going all over. And I knew, I knew, of course, that I couldn't resist it. I had to allow it to be what it is. I had to allow it to have its way because if there's any inkling, just an inch of resistance, I knew the DMT would punish me. DMT is an entity. It is something that you allow to enter into you and have its way with you. It's a kind of God. And if you're contending with God, all you can do is surrender to it. All you can do is say, yes, I do as you please, do as you please. You are in command. And if there's any resistance to that, then you will be punished. So I was very much contending and holding myself to actually releasing. I mean, holding holding myself to releasing is not really the best way to put it. It's almost like I was allowing myself to relax. Now, at the same time as all this is going on, right? Tsunami breathing, body shaking, electricity in different shapes and colors going everywhere. At, at the same time, my mind is perfectly normal, perfectly present, And perfectly clear. So within all this DMT world, there is like a train of thought, which is basically like the normal, just every day to day thinking thoughts. It's it's absolutely normal, right? And it was in this moment that (laughs) my housemate came home and, and I just thought, oh, they're home and she's with her daughter. I, I hope they go to bed soon. And my body is shaking rather loud. I hope they don't think that I'm having sex. I hope it's not too loud. And of course, my body is shaking quite violently, right? And it could actually sound very much like, you know, a heavy pelvic thrust, right? 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, God, is this too loud? Is this like something I should do that I should stop? And I thought, okay, let me think this through. What I could do is go out there and see what's happening and try and see if they will go to sleep and then show to them that actually I'm not having sex. And then, of course, I realized that if I did that, there would be a good chance that as I spoke to my housemate, each word would come out in the form of an elf, which was dressed in its own colors and its own way and float around the room, to which my housemate's response would be, why are you in the shape of a unicorn that is trying to find its way to Santa's workshop after Christmas Eve, right? And it would be like, okay, that is probably what would happen if I went out there. So I didn't go out there. I didn't actually, you know, announce to my housemates that, you know, obviously I'm on drugs, I'm on some sort of trip and I just need some quiet or something. I need to do something to diffuse the situation. So what I ended up doing was just staying there and trying to ride out the trip because I knew it wouldn't last long, right? I was halfway through this trip. It's only going to be 50 minutes tops, right? And so my body is shaking and I'm realizing that they're actually being quite loud. And I wonder, are they being loud because they think I'm sort of, you know, going at it in this room with this shaking body when I'm really not? And (laughs) are they being loud to sort of drown that out or to sort of contradict that? Or are my senses just completely warped because my whole sense of space and sensory perception is warped because of the drug, because of DMT. And the experience of the sound, it was very much like its own level of experience, like like its own level of existence within all of the, the tsunamis of breathing in and out and the electricity and the different shapes and then the small train of thought and the different non-location experiences. It was its own thing, you know, like I could hear I could hear my housemate, you know, put something on the kitchen bench, which is, you know, a couple of rooms over. And at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, oh, am I being too loud? I can't really sit sit still. And I couldn't, I couldn't like hold my body still. I had to let my body shake and have its way because if I tried to stay still, that would be a kind of resistance. That would be a kind of, okay, you're not adhering to the drug and that would be a punishment. So I was really stuck and I was really sort of feeling quite awkward about this trip. So (laughs) eventually they did go to bed. I didn't announce myself. And of course, eventually I came down off the trip. And when you come down from DMT, it is just just like coming up. It's it's 10,000 levels just so fast it, it, you know you blink and you miss it it's 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 already gone and you you find yourself so quickly back at just normal life at your normal place and it's just like okay well this you know what happened how much of this can i remember and you know my ritual is to of course meditate and to meditate into a good night's sleep <laughs> of like helping to integrate and get as much out of the trip as possible. So, yeah, the next day in the evening, I actually ended up with a 
terrible headache, splitting headache. And this is something that can go on from the delivery method of snorting it. You're not, you're not normally meant to snort DMT. It's actually advised against in many of the trip reports that I've talked, uh, read and you know, talked about and heard about. And I would probably you know, say that as well. It's probably not the best for your nasal and your eyes and your, your membrane. And so I had this splitting headache and I thought, oh, I wonder if there's something I can say to my housemate to sort of, you know, <laughs> alleviate that the, the, there might be some tension or some misunderstanding there. So I, I said to her, oh, you know, I, I've just got this headache at this moment. I was really sick last night. So I had a fever and, I, and I'm still sort of recovering from it. And I just sort of mentioned that to her and it was just like, is is that going to serve as a cover story or is it going to sort of just stir the pot even more and it was like okay so I've got this sort of social psychological <laughs> game going on within myself and I should just let it go you know really don't worry about it just let it be what it's going to be and learn the lessons that you had to learn from that trip so <laughs> I mean it was very awkward and it was sort of also awkward that you know, my housemate would think that I was having sex because I wasn't. And at that time, I was very much, you know, alone and, you know, not getting much action. And it's sort of like this this awkward anxiety <laughs> unto itself, right? So that my housemate would think that I'm having sex when I'm not is, 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 is part of like why it's so awkward. And it was that I was on you know, one of the heaviest drugs known to mankind and they didn't know or did they know? And it's just, it's just like, it's just like, ah, oh, the, the whole trip, like I just want to forget about the whole, not, not the trip of the drug trip, but the, just like the relations, right? I wouldn't have had to have any of this if they just hadn't have come home or even if they had have come home, you know, like 30 minutes later, right? <laughs> it's like it had to go wrong at that time. And this is a lesson to learn. This is a thing to be warned about, which is that when you're obsessed with drugs, when you're in drugs, you have this misunderstanding of how the plan goes, right? You you think you're planning things carefully, right? I thought I had planned it so that my housemate would be not at home and that if they would come home it would would be all right right because it would be late and both of those things turned out wrong right and the reason i didn't plan properly and i didn't actually you know make the precautions to be absolutely sure about it was because i was so obsessed with getting my next dmt trip right it was only my second trip at the time i was like so excited about it. i was like how can i plan it right and how can i have the time so that obsession with drugs can lead to so much just awkward stuff, right? When you're a drug addict, whether it's psychedelics or hard drugs or otherwise, you're operating under different vices. You're under operating under different wants and you have a distorted perception of like the other people in your life and how they're actually having their life and day-to-day stuff go on so (laughs) that's the lesson to learn of you know how you should do your trip and 
I do remember quite a lot from that exact trip. I remember learning many lessons, more than just what I've described here. A lot to do with energy, a lot to do with witnessing, a lot to do with the multidimensionality of reality and dreams and experiencing, right? These these experiences have been so valuable in shaping my 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 worldview and my meditative practice and my consciousness. And I do also remember a lot from the first DMT trip. And before that, I had experimented quite a lot with MDMA and LSD. And I did go on to do magic mushrooms and other DMT trips, but not many more, right? Like this was some years ago. And perhaps that will help put it in context. Like how long ago was this story? When did this happen? And it must have been more than four years ago, right? So it's been it's been over two years. Over over three years, sorry. Probably probably more than three years, maybe like three and a half years since I've done any sort of drug, like chemically based drug, right? Leaving out things like love and emotion. <laughs> but three and a half years. So it was a very, it was a very small window in which I was experimenting with psychedelics, but I still remember it, right? I still very much clearly have the lessons from that trip and from the subsequent trips. And that's because I integrated it. That's because I took the time for integration. That's because I was meditative about it. That's because I was clear about my research and I really understood what is it that I want to get out of experimenting with drugs for my consciousness, for my mind, for my experience of reality. And once I had found those things, I could move on. And yet also there is this other lesson, which is that you've got to have your stuff organized. (laughs) You've got to be absolutely sure that no one's going to come home because it's going to be awkward if your housemate comes home and you're on DMT. (laughs) I guess ideally you'd have your own place, right? But, you know, I've never been able to afford that. So maybe that's part of it. If you're more organized, you're more successful, you've got more opportunity for those sorts of things. And I will just add a little bit about that first DMT trip because that was quite significant. And that was one of my visits to Santa's workshop and to see the elves. That that was the first time I went to see Santa. And it was the beginning of realizing the connection between story and life. And that was really when I started to learn how to put your life on the bookshelf like a book. And of course, since then, you know, I mean, years have passed since then. Mountains have risen and fallen since then. You know, I've been around the world. I've discovered so many relationships. I've discovered so many people. I've spoken about so many things. I mean, this this DMT period in my life was was very short and in so many ways is very far long ago. And so much of it has been integrated. I mean, I've learned so much more since then. And of course, it was an important stepping stone. It was an important chapter. But, you know, this was all so long ago. This is just 
ancient history in so many ways. And it's funny to laugh about it now, right? Because I no longer live with that housemate and I no longer have these experiences and <laughs> it it was very awkward at the time to you know have to interact in my living environment with another person with that going on in the background because you think you can keep it a secret right you think you can keep your drug habit a secret that's something that drug addicts try in so many ways that's like that's like one of the staple sort of sort of hang-ups of the drug addict is that they have this secret which is their their habit or their obsession or their hobby as you might call it and yet you can't always keep it a secret it's always going to it's always going to come out in different ways it's always going to be seen if not overtly then covertly right the the housemate or the friend or the family member might not necessarily be thinking is this person on drugs are you on drugs ah you're obviously on drugs but they're going to be thinking something as to like whoa you know what what's up with that person are you okay or or why is that weird or you know why is that awkward and of course you can <laughs> you can still have that when you don't have a drug habit you know i'm sure there's been times in my life when people have thought damn are you are you on drugs when i haven't been and it's just that i've been so abstract or so much like a surrealist or just just plain weird that you know that's that's probably a, a valid claim <laughs> and 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 maybe even you could say that some of the time in my life when i was most straight edge and to the t and following the line was when i was on drugs <laughs> because that would mean that I have to keep straight and fly right in order to hide that. Whereas normally, normally I don't do drugs, right? This was just a short thing a what like ages ago. So, you know, I'm much more liberal. I'm much more free. I don't have that as a hang-up, right? It's, it's almost a kind of liberation to not do drugs because you don't have that as a hang-up. You don't have it as a secret. So to think that, you know, you can plan it, and you can go ahead with it, you can keep it a secret, and everything will go to plan, is, is sort of like a lesson as to, well, not exactly. That's not how things work. There's always something that goes wrong, and it, it's funny to laugh about now as an awkward story, but at the time, <laughs> it was very much awkward. So I thought I would share this story just as a bit of... A bit of, <coughs> pardon me, I thought I would share it as a bit of fun because, well, it's DMT, right? And I mean, there's no end to the stories that DMT can can weave. It's really a whole different world. And my description of the, the trip here with the tsunami breathing, the shaking body, the the train of thought and the 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 multi-shaped multi-colored lightning right that's just the beginning of a dmt trip that is just the the in a sense that's not even a breakthrough experience right because when you snort it that's something that makes it more difficult to break through because it's not as acute as a delivery method as breathing it or 
you know, smoking it. So that's another conversation for another day, right? To talk about delivery methods and processes and dosages and the best setting and the best meditation to use to go into it. That's a, that's a whole literature and there is a growing literature on that. So you can find more. Maybe we'll discuss more about this in the future. And if you can, leave me a comment as to whether you have an awkward drug experience from your drug habit. Leave me a comment. I'd love to hear if I'm not the only one who's <laughs> had these moments where you just think, I probably shouldn't have done that. So I look forward to the comments and thank you very much. So hope you're having a rest of your day, a good rest of your day. Hope you do have a good rest of your day and we'll be back soon with more.